You're listening to Pastor Don Cherry from Shenandoah Valley Baptist Church, recorded Sunday, May 22nd, 2022. For more information about our church, you can visit our website, svbcfamily.com, or you can find us on all things social at svbcfamily. Well, take your Bibles this morning, go to Psalm 103, Psalm 103. Now, I told our Sunday school class, I'm going to tell you. And I think this last week, I got back from Ohio on Friday, and I had a little bit uh, lengthier trip that I wanted. I ended up on um, traffic stop due to, due to accidents. And I think one uh, just outside Morgantown and the other outside Hagerstown. And so, so got through that, got home, and then Deb, Deb and I turned around and went down to Lewisburg, West Virginia. Our oldest grandson graduated. And also, we had to be down there for that and everything. We didn't want to miss that. So um, what I'm going to ask you to do, okay, what I'm going to ask you to do, I want everybody right now, get your hymn book. Grab your hymn book. Okay, everybody got one? All right. If you see me nodding off, throw it. Okay? Just want to make sure you got it in your hand. Um, I'll try try not to nod off and everything. We'll keep on going here, okay? Psalm 103. Um, I'm actually going to read the entire psalm as we go through, and then we're going to break down a couple of the verses. But this is a song about God's great love for us, you know, and and what He does reveals who He is and His love for us and how He deals with His children. So the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Can I get an amen again? As a father pities his children, So the Lord pities those who fear Him. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and is gone. And and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord, it is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him. And his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments do to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, 
who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his host, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, and all the places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you, Lord, for its truth, its beauty, revealing your love, your care, your mercy to us. God, help us to learn this morning as we take a couple of these verses, Lord, and just truly see you know, how we are to bless you, how we are to praise you, how we are to lift you up, Lord, daily with our lives. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love. We're thankful, Lord, for Jesus who died on the cross for us. We're thankful for the home that he is preparing for all those who love him and all those who have put their faith and trust in the Lord. We thank you in your good name. Amen. Amen. I want to break down the first few verses, if we could look at that a moment. You know, I mentioned I was in Ohio uh, this last week. I left last Sunday after church and then you know, got back on Friday, and, you know, the Lord gave me a good trip, you know, the car ran well, good weather, safety, all that good stuff, but, you know, there were some things that I wasn't very, I guess you could say, thankful for. One was the gas prices, okay? It was tough going to the gas pump and filling that thing up, you know, and uh, th there's so many circumstances in life today, you know, that I think if we get burdened down with that and everything, then it can be kind of depressing. I don't like what's going on in our world. You know, I don't like the gas prices. I don't like the fact that they say that, you know, there could be some food shortages this summer, that uh, there could be maybe rolling blackouts, you know, energy this summer. Man, I, I'd hate to have that happen with it being 90 degrees outside, no air conditioning, you know, but it really just kind of shows how spoiled we are, you know, in a lot of ways. But then we see, you know, all, all these other things, you know, and, and I'm sure there's people in Ukraine that aren't very happy about having to leave their home and go to another country because of an invasion of their land, you see. So there's a lot of things that we can look at out there and say, you know what, I'm, I just don't feel very thankful. Or I don't feel like praising or such like that. But you know, the thing that we have to remember is that God is above all these things. God is above all things. And he hasn't forgotten us. As a matter of fact, what David was saying here in Psalm 3 are reasons that we should praise God. And you know, as I read those, I don't see anything that has to do with the price of gas. I don't see anything that has to do with who's in the White House. I don't see anything that has to do with who's invading who. You know, it just tells us, listen, as God's people, we have so much to be thankful for and so much to praise Him for. So let's look at a couple of those things today that I want, um, that I want to mention. Verse 1 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His, now look here, holy name. It just doesn't say bless His name. Bless His holy name. You know, God, we need to understand, is jealous of his name. And he has a right to be. He's God. Amen? He's God. He calls the shots. He's jealous of his name. Because why? Because it's the name above all names. And we all learn growing up, you know, of course, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. And, of course, we translated that, or at least the way it was communicated to me, is that we don't use, you know, I'll just say it, we don't damn God, if you know what I mean. Okay, we don't say, you know, JC, you know, that we don't use that in flippant talk, and certainly we shouldn't. But, you know, we take the name of the Lord in vain in other ways. You know, I think of the guy, you know, on, te on the television that says, hey, just lay your hand on the TV and send me $5 and you'll be hit, you'll be healed. You know, that's taking the Lord's name in vain. 
You know, you see what I'm talking about? That's taking the Lord's name in vain. And so we have to say, do we ever take the Lord's name in vain? We may not cuss. We may, may not get vulgar, but do we take the Lord's name in vain? The Bible says, look, God has a holy name. And we need to respect it as such. This is God, okay? And he has a right, everything for his name, to be reverenced. Verse 2 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So what are those benefits? You know, you have to think in your life, you know, and as, as Chris told us, you know, just thankful to be in America and everything. So what are, what are our benefits that God has given us? And everything, well, think of it, number one, you got the health to be here today. Okay, uh, your brain for the most part is working. Okay, you're able to see, you're able to hear, you're able to communicate and such. Everything you got up this morning, you didn't have to wonder what you were going to eat. It was right there. You know, you got got out of a, a, a warm bed, you know, or maybe a cool bed now with the way the temperature is. So you got out of that and everything, and got so many benefits that we often overlook, we take for granted because we all, we're all creatures of, uh, of this. You know, we all want a little bit more, don't we? Man, if I had just a newer car, if I had just a bigger house, you know, if I could afford to go to Texas Roadhouse, you know, instead of McDonald's, you know. And so we, you know, we, we, all, we just never seem satisfied, but yet because of that unsatisfaction, we tend to miss the benefits of God on a daily basis. You got a job, you know, or those of you who have retired, you've got a pension, Social Security. You know, a lot of countries don't have that, folks. You understand that? A lot of countries don't have that. So God has given many benefits. I think also one of the benefits that we need to be thankful for is the fact that as a people, we can freely assemble. You know, go to China. Go to other places like that, you know, and see about freely assembling. Go to the Middle East and see about freely assembling. You see where I'm coming from and all? But, you know, we, we didn't have to sneak into church this morning. Amen? We're able to come. Church is open. And we're able to meet. You know, we need to bless him for his benefits. And number three, we bless him who forgives all your iniquities. Now, verse 12 tells us that God has separated our sins as far as the east is from the west. And, thing, and he remembers them no more. You say, now, wait a minute. I thought he was God. How can God forget anything? Well, God doesn't forget. But when the Bible talks about that he remembers no more, he's talking about that our sin will never be brought up against us. Okay, the record's been expunged by the blood of Christ. So one day as a believer, when we stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ, we will not give account for our sin. It's already been taken care of. We'll give account of our life, but we won't give account of our sin because God has separated those sins as far as the east is from the west and everything. And he remembers them no more. And I don't know about you, but to me, that's liberating. I mean, think about going through life for just a minute, okay? Now, how many of you remember the old chick tracks? Scott, you remember them? Okay, the old chick tracks and everything. Just look, we've got some out here, the kind of little booklets, you know, tell a story and everything, and cartoon. You know, good, good scripture references. Well, I remember one that, that stood out to me as a kid. And this one showed this person standing before God, okay? And behind God was this movie theater. And basically on that movie theater it said, this is your life. And everything went on that theater. Now let me ask you something. Okay, let's be honest this morning. God knows your heart. I don't know, but God does. How many of you today are glad 
that every part of your life's not going to be on that screen. I am, honey. Big time. You understand what I'm talking about? Because, see, God's forgiven our iniquities. He's not going to hold that against us. Christ bore the judgment for us. All that you see that took place on the cross, Christ was doing that in behalf of you and me, you see. He bore our sins. He bore our sorrows. He bore the wrath of God upon himself so that we could live free and live a life of abundance, a life of abundance in him. So, man, I don't know about you, but that's liberating to think that. You know, now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that we won't reap the consequences of sin here. The Bible says, you know, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Okay? You're going to reap, you're going to reap that here. But as far as standing before God and everything, the sin's taken care of. The sin's taken care of. And we won't have to worry about that. Let's move on. What do we praise the Lord for? Well, he forgives all our iniquities. He also heals all of our diseases. Spiritual, emotional, and all. Spiritually, the disease of sin, the shackles of sin in Christ and all, that's taken care of. Okay? We are healed of that. And then he talks about emotional. We can find strength. We find stability in Christ, you see. You know, we've talked a number of times before, when you look at the things going on in this world, I don't know how people face it without Christ, without God. See, you and I have that rock to turn to, don't we? Okay? We have that firm foundation. We have that rock to stand upon. But where do people go that don't know Christ? Where do they go? Do they go to faulty relationships? Do they go to the bottom of a bottle? Do they go to pills? Where do they go to find comfort, to find peace, to find rest, you see? You and I stand upon the solid rock. We have that firm foundation, you see. And he brings healing for the emotional distresses that we see take place in our world today, but also the physical. Now, this might, this might get some. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I'm sure at some point in your life, you prayed for God to heal somebody, and that person died, didn't they? And you say, you know what? God didn't heal them. God didn't heal them. And everything. So God didn't answer my prayer. So what's the use of praying? Why do I go to God for anything? But let me kind of present this to you. If that person was a child of God, your husband, your wife, brother, whoever, if that person was a child of God and the Lord took them home, isn't that the ultimate healing? Isn't that the ultimate healing? Because now there's no more sickness. There's no more sorrow. There's no more disease. There's none of that. You know, the ultimate healing's taking place. And oftentimes, God does that. You know, we don't understand. But God does. And we need to trust Him. That's what faith is, amen? We trust Him along that. We had a couple in our church back in Ohio. And they had a son. Deb know who I'm talking about. They had a son that was born with a defective heart. And the doctors told him that he probably wouldn't get past seven, eight years old. Well, he got into his teenage years. But you could tell that something wasn't right and everything. He's very thin and everything. And in the wintertime in particular, he was almost blue. And everything, his lips were blue, ears, tips of his fingers, you know, blue because of that. 
and such. But he didn't let it stop him. He was active in the school and such and like that. You know, uh, just about everybody knew him. He's one of those that kind of stood out. You know, you don't you don't miss you know a blue kid walking down the uh, the hallway or anything. So um, very well known in school. Well, I think when he was about eighteen or nineteen, I can't remember. He had to go in for a procedure. You know, for a procedure on his heart, and um, unfortunately, he didn't come out from that surgery and such. And I remember, you know, dealing with his parents and everything, trying to, you know, work through that. And I was able to have part of the uh, uh, funeral service because it was kind of an odd thing. His mom and dad went to our church, but um, he went to another church there in the community. And so we went through the service and everything, the reading of the scripture, the message and everything that was brought by um, uh, the pastor of the other church and such. And when the invitation was given, there were 19 teenagers that gave their heart to the Lord. Now, here's the thing. God didn't heal my son. Well, yeah, he did. Because God had a purpose in that ultimate healing. Would those 19 have come to Christ if he was still here? You see what I'm saying? But God in his sovereignty and God in his infinite mercy, I think, used that situation to bring others to faith in him. You see, I think a lot of times we may not understand that. We don't see, but remember, God sees the big picture. And so when we talk about healing and everything, we may say, well, I prayed and that person wasn't healed. You don't know what God's plan is. And in particular, if that person is a believer, then you know what? They got the ultimate healing. Everything. No more disease. No more frailty. No more not being able to function in society. Think, but God. God brought the ultimate healing. So he heals all our diseases. Verse 4. Who redeems your life from destruction. Now what's he talking about? Well, the destruction he's talking about is an eternal separation from God. And all the Bible talks about the soul that does not believe in anything will be cast into hell for all eternity. A place of destruction, of eternal destruction. But because of the blood of Christ and all he has redeemed us. He has bought us back. He has paid the price. The Bible says another thing, that we have been bought with a price. I want us to understand that, folks. We have been bought. And, and the word redeem is used in connotation with slavery, where we were once slaves, slaves to sin. We were slaves to the flesh. But through the blood of Christ, those shackles have been broken, and we are now free in Christ. Okay? The Bible says we shall be free and free indeed. Amen? That's what the Bible teaches. And so here, we see that he has redeemed us. He has paid the ultimate price for us so that we would not be separated in a place called hell eternally from God. You know, I spoke on the lake of fire last week and mentioned the hell. I had a list. I wish I'd brought it up this morning, but I had a list. I went in and just basically I did a Google search of the least popular topics, okay, the preachers preach. You know, people want to hear. What are the least? And so topics on hell and judgment were number one and two. People don't want to hear that. Don't want to hear. But yet, if we don't warn, if we don't let them know, listen, there's something beyond this life. So what are we doing here? <laughs> okay? Because my Bible says we're supposed to be salt and light. Amen? We're supposed to be a witness. People are supposed to see something different in us so that we can tell them and warn them, you know, of what is to come. 
So he redeems us. He paid the price for us. Why do we praise God? He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases. He redeems us from a life of destruction. And he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. You see, you know, listen to me. The fact that we're sitting here this morning is a testament to God's mercy. Is a testament to God's goodness. You know how many believers around the world would, be lo would love to be meeting in this building and sitting on those pews? But they can't even meet. And if they do, they have to do it in secret. They have to do it with the threat of being caught and going to prison or even losing their lives. So the fact that we are here shows God's kindness. The fact that when you leave here, you're going to go eat shows God's kindness. The fact that when you leave here, you're going to go take a nap this afternoon. That shows God's kindness, you see. And the fact that you're, those of you still working are going to a job tomorrow shows God's kindness, you see. You see, I think for some reason we're looking for that Nova to explode instead of just looking at all those little twinkling blessings that God gives us on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? You know, look to those little things. And then lastly, verse 5, who satisfies your mouth with good things. Good things like peace, contentment, needs that are met. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I heard a pastor um, deal on this subject here um, well, some time ago. But over the course of time, an eagle will begin to lose its feathers. And also its beak will become decayed, diseased, such as that. And so that eagle will go to a, a hard subject and he'll beat his beak on that to get all that decay and stuff off. And in the time that he's doing that, his feathers that he's lost are starting to grow back again. And you know that that beak will grow back so that he's able to grab the prey. He's able to, he's able to fly and soar once again. There's a time when he couldn't because he's losing his feathers, but his feathers come back. And now he's able to fly like the eagle, just like it says here, so that your youth is renewed. Like the eagles. Now, I know most of us are thinking our youth is long gone, right? Okay. We have seen that season. It's done. All right. But you know what? We can still function, can't we? We can still see. We can still speak. We can still move about. Okay. Maybe we, you know, maybe we can't do what we did 30, 40 years ago. But we can do what we can do now and do it well. You see? And do it well. So he renews our strength. And then I'll simply close. If you look there in verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger. And abounding in mercy. He'll not always strive with us. Nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord 
pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and I'll close with this. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. God knows we're frail. He knows that. He remembers that. He doesn't forget us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He provides a need. Maybe it's not exactly what you think you ought to have, but God gives us what we need, don't we? He said, I'll take care of that. I'll make sure you have what we need. This is why we praise the Lord, because we have a God that we can go before. We have a God who cares and loves us. We have a God who is rich in grace and mercy. Not like some God that nobody's ever seen. Not like some God that, you know, is represented by a statue or, a, or, or whatever. We have the eternal God of the universe that loves and cares for us. And because of that, we need to praise the Lord. Would you bow your heads, please? Heads bowed and eyes closed.